And now we take you to Evangel Church in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. If you wouldn't mind opening up your Bibles, we are going to look at a lot of scripture today. Because one of the topics that you guys asked for was healthy relationships. And it is all through scripture. It seems like it's important to the Lord for us to have healthy, godly relationships. It's all through scripture. In fact, Jesus tells us that the two greatest commandments are to love the Lord and to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Relationship with the Lord and relationship with each other, all of that love, you can hang every law and all of the prophets. So this morning, as we dive into the word of God, I really want us to understand the importance and how much God wants us to have healthy, godly relationships. Well, let's start with our prayer this morning. Let's say it together and say it loud. Here we go. Father, as I open your word today, speak to me. May I have ears to hear, a heart to receive, and the courage to respond. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys sound awesome this morning. Well, this week, as I was looking through this, I came across across a quote from John Maxwell, and it said this. Everything rises and falls on leadership. Um, Leadership. Relationship. That's what that's supposed to say. I probably sent that wrong. Everything rises and falls on relationship. So just replace that L. We're going to respell that, right? Relationship. Everything rises and falls on relationship. This topic has been in my heart and on my heart for quite a while now. It started to stir about a year ago when I saw breakdown after breakdown in relationships. I was seeing it in my own life, I was seeing it in the life of others, that as this pandemic began to stir, isolation happened and we saw breakdowns in our relationships. We were pushed to the side, we were separated, we were, we were asked to be a certain distance apart. Our churches shut down for a season. And as I saw the effects on children and on young people, on my kids, on their friends, on my friends, on their families, as I began to see this, it made me realize the importance of healthy, godly relationships. This morning, as we dive into this, We need to see this, that everything rises and falls on relationship. This is what it means. Businesses, families, sports teams. We've seen them fall apart because of their relationship. Churches, musicians and bands, governments. Think about the things that you have seen fall apart based off of the relationship that was happening inside of that organization. Think about the things that were built together and flourished because of the relationships in that organization. Our relationships progress. How our relationships progress determines the success of the situation at hand. How our relationships progress It's so important for us to understand that we need to have healthy, godly relationships in our lives. Now, in a couple weeks, we're going to talk about marriage and family, and I'm going to mention some um, stories this morning about, about my family because they're my friends too, but I encourage you to come in a couple weeks for that topic. But it's also important for us to have godly friendships in our life that we surround ourselves, and and we think about this for our young people, right? I I tell them, we we talk to our kids, you know, choose your relationships well, choose your friends well, choose wisely, choose well. But, But do we take that into account for ourselves? Have we surrounded ourselves with godly, healthy relationships? Proverbs 12, 26 says this, the righteous 
choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. The righteous choose their friends carefully. It doesn't say the young people choose their, we are so on young people, we are so on kids to choose their friends well. But Solomon here is telling us, no, 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 the righteous choose their friends carefully. My dad would always tell me, don't let your friends choose you, you choose your friends. He told me that consistently in my life. Andrea, don't let your friends choose you, you choose your friends. Now, what he did not mean was for me not to be kind and loving to everyone. If anything that my parents taught me, it was how to love people. I've never been in such a relationship. Watching my dad pastor for 50 plus years and how he loved people. He, He loved everyone. But he was very careful with who he allowed into his friend group. Now, he, everyone was his friend, but he had healthy relationships that were very, very close to him that he was a little more choosy about. Now, before you think that that's not good, Jesus had 12 and then he took three. All right. Jesus showed us this example. He was very wise. He didn't take all 12 up to the mountain. He took his three. And so choose your friends wisely. That's what the scripture tells us. And in order for us to have healthy, godly relationships, we need to choose well. Like I said, this has been on my heart for a while, and it's super important for us as believers to understand that we can have healthy, godly relationships. But in order for us to do that, we have to follow the word of God. And choosing well means this, and this is in Proverbs 22, verses 24 through 25. Don't befriend angry people or associate with hot-tempered people, or you will learn to be like them and endanger your soul. God gives us very directly the things that we are to look for in people as we go into relationship with them. We are not meant to do this life alone. And I, and I love being married to my best friend. I, I love being married to this man. 22 years, we, we do fun things. We try to, you know, go out golfing and we love, we both love sporting events. But sometimes I need him to find a friend that's not me. (laughs) And he hates it because I would call it a play date. Um, and I would come home from church and I'd be like, babe, I set up a play date for you. And he's like, I don't have play dates. I'm like, you're going to go shoot guns on Thursday. He's like, oh, you know, and, and so I would set up times for, cause you just, you got to go. I love you, but you need to find a friend, you know? Um, and I want to be around my girlfriends. I want to be around, you know, and just have fun and go shopping. When I go to the mall, Ryan gives, he gives me a time. I know how, how long do, how long do I have? you have 45 minutes because in 45 minutes he gets more than hangry. You know what I'm saying? Like he is done. My feet hurt. I could, you know, he has sat at enough benches, you know, in the mall that he's ready to go. But for some reason, when I go with my girlfriends, we can walk and not buy a thing for hours. It's the best thing ever. And so we need to have those people in our life that are our friends. We need to search them out. And God tells us that. And he tells us who to befriend. Don't befriend an angry person, a hot-tempered person. Otherwise, we'll become like them. And so as we pour into scripture, the first thing we need to know is we need to choose our relationships and our friendships wisely. So that's the first thing that we need to make sure that we do. You know, I I do have to say that I have chosen to be friends with my family. And so here's here's my uh, story, my family. My kids are just, they they love it when I use them as illustrations um, because I was a pastor's kid and I got used as an illustration all the time, every single week. And I hated it. 
Um, but then becoming a pastor, I realized you use your kids as illustrations. And so I wanted them to be okay with it. So I, I pay them. And so they get, um, $5 and, and there's a whole argument in our family. It's $5 per story. No, no, no. It's $5. If I mention you in the, um, in the sermon, but I, so here's their money. They're all like cha-ching. Um, but I've chosen to be friends with my family. I am friends with my mom. I, she is, my mom and my sister are my best friends. I have chosen to be friends um, with my dad. I, I love my dad. Even though he still looks at me as his little girl, I'm like, We're, can we be friends? You know, I'm 45, you're 72, can we just be friends? And um, I, I've chosen to be friends with my husband. I've actually chosen to be friends with my kids. Now, this is a new, like, it's developing. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm still the mom. <laughs> there is no blurring of those lines. Um, I still say clean your room and it gets cleaned. Um, I'm still the mom. But I've noticed as they've grown up that we've been able to become friends. It, it, it's incredible. It's wonderful. And um, a couple years ago, I, the kids were fighting and I sat them down because I heard them just arguing, arguing. And I said, listen, I said, one day, I, I got very morbid on them. I'm like, one day, Daddy and I won't be the here. You three are, are all you have. And, and I shared with him, I was like, listen, I told Jeremiah, I was like, I know your, your sisters annoy you. I, I know that. That's their job. Um, I, I know they annoy you, but oh, they're the only ones that are gonna know the life that he grew up with. Think about that. No one else will know your home, except for the ones that lived with you there. I encourage you guys, if you have siblings, I tell my, I tell my girls all the time, you're best friends. They're like, no, we're not. Yes, you are. You are best friends. I'm going to speak it into existence. Be friends. Choose to be friends with your family. You know, we have this, um, I looked at Journey, in fact, this morning, and I said, um, we're going to be friends forever. And she goes, nah. Now, she's 14. I was like, excuse me? And she said, I meant, nah. That's what, that was her response to me. And so, um, I don't know if you guys watched the devotionals in the book of, when we went through the book of James, but I talked about being a button pusher. And I think that it's inherent in the women in our family. I pray for their husbands because we just like to push buttons. And so, so today I literally push buttons. And so after she was like, like that was a 14-year-old's response of, baby girl, aren't we going to be just friends forever? So she took my phone because we were here early and she wanted to watch Disney Plus because what else? She's a preacher's kid. You get the phone out, you watch Disney Plus as you're waiting. We were here at like 8.30 this morning. And so what she didn't know is we're all sitting in Ryan's office and she's sitting in a chair and she's watching her movie. What she didn't know was that that was connected to my phone and there's a button on there that says pause. So I was just sitting there and I just hit pause and she was like, oh, she fixed it and pressed play again. I waited like maybe two seconds. Pause, just pushing a button. She's like, oh, oh. and then I did it three times. And finally she was like, why is this? are you pushing a button? I said, I am. Are we going to be friends forever? She said, yes, mom. We're going to be friends forever. <laughs> choose your friends wisely and choose your family. Listen, choose your family. They're all you got. They will walk with you through thick and thin. Choose your family. Now, there are friends that Ryan and I have, and I'm going to talk about them a little bit later, that are like family. They are so very close to us. But I want to give you guys a couple um, things that show you if you have healthy relationships. So Ryan talked about it. We've been in unhealthy relationships and healthy relationships. How can you tell the difference? I'm going to give you some scripture. It's in the Bible. It tells you these are healthy, godly relationships and these are not. So are you ready? So the first way that we see is a relationship healthy is this. Number one, healthy relationships are encouraging. They're encouraging. How many times have you been in an encouraging relationship? 
Have you guys? Oh, yeah, go ahead and raise your hand. All right. How many times have you found yourself in a non-encouraging relationship? Some of you don't want to raise your hands because you might be sitting next to the person that was not encouraging to you, but that's okay. God knows your heart. How many times have you found yourself in a relationship where the very life was drained out of you? That you walked into a room and you had a conversation and then when you left, you felt physically beat up. You felt emotionally just, just drained. Okay, that's not a healthy relationship. And this is the reason why. Look in 1 Thessalonians 5.11. God shares with us about how we're supposed to be one with another. And he says this, therefore, encourage one another and build up one another just as, in fact, you are doing. Healthy relationships is encouraging. If you want to have a healthy relationship with your coworker, with your friend, with your child, it has to be encouraging. Proverbs 10:21 says this, "The words of the godly encourage many, but fools are destroyed by their lack of common sense. The words of the godly encourage many." Romans 1 verse 12 says this, when we get together, I, oh, church, I love this. Listen, I love the word of God. I love it. It, it, it. Talk about encouraging. It brings life. When we get together, I want you, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. This week, as we were when we were having prayer in here, Ryan and I began to pray for this church that it would be a place of refreshing, that when people walk through the doors, they will feel the cares of the world begin to melt off of them, and they would be encouraged and refreshed. It's something that we pray over our own home, because this I know. Out there in the world, it's not encouraging. It's not refreshing. In fact, it's very draining. We as the people of God should provide places that when people come in that are burdened, that they find a place of refreshing and encouragement. And that church is health. That is a healthy, godly church. That is a healthy, godly relationship. I know that when my kids walk out the door of our home every morning and I send them out into a school that I don't know what they're being taught, I don't know what they're going to encounter, I don't know what they're going to face, that when they walk back through the doors of our home, that they find a place that is encouraging, that is refreshing, and I, I, I love what Paul says here because he says that when we get together, church, Ryan and I want to encourage you in your faith, but we also want to be encouraged. It goes both ways, that we can encourage one another and build up one another. We can honor one another with our words. Healthy relationships are encouraging and I know some of you have been in relationships that have not been encouraging. Maybe you were not raised in a home that was full of encouragement. Maybe you are in a circumstance in your business and in, on your job right now where there's no encouragement there. Can I tell you, find people that will surround you and will encourage you as you're walking through that trial don't try to do it alone. Find a church, walk through the doors of a church where you can feel the weight of that begin to melt off, that you can have a reprieve just for a moment to walk back out and face the circumstances and the situations of your life. First thing is this, healthy relationships are encouraging. Do you believe that? 
Amen. Second one is this. Healthy relationships are genuine. They are real. I heard Rick Warren say one time that, I love this, that if people aren't on our hearts, they're on our nerves. (laughs) Listen, if people aren't in our hearts, they're going to get on our nerves. I love that he said it because it's so true. Have you ever had somebody just get on your nerves? Um, I get on Ryan's nerves. I'm the button pusher. And, and I love him. 22 years later, he just ignores me now when I start to push those buttons. You know, now I do it in fun, not to have the explosion, you know, but just to, just to tease. I'm just teasing. I'm loving. And he's like, mm. yeah, he ignores it. But um, healthy relationships are genuine they are real. And a lot of times we have problems in our relationships because we don't genuinely love people. They aren't in our hearts. They're on our nerves. Oh, can I say it again? A lot of times we don't have healthy relationships because people are not in our hearts. They are on our nerves. Romans 12, Romans 12 9 says this, Okay, ready? Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. I told you a little bit before about my parents who taught me how to love people. I'm so, so thankful to be raised in a home that taught love. And maybe you weren't, but you can teach love it, it, I, I tell you what, we as a body, as believers in Christ, as followers of Christ, we have no idea the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that can produce fruit in our life of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. And Paul goes on and he says, hate what is wrong. Hold tight to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Really love people. They will know that we are Christians by our love one for another. We as believers have been called, yes, to a higher standard. The great thing is, is we have the Holy Spirit to help us accomplish that because you know we couldn't do it on our own. Healthy relationships are genuine and real. They're not fake. We're not pretending like we love our friend. We actually love them. We really want the best for them. We want the best for our coworkers. We are genuine in our love one for another. Proverbs 27, 19 says this, as a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the real person. The reason why I included the scripture is because I want you to know, listen, especially this new generation coming up, they can see a fake. They can see the fake, which is praise God for that. I I think that that is an, an empowerment of the Lord on this next generation because they are being lied to. And so I pray all the time that our kids will see the truth. In order for them to see the real, we have to be the real. We have to be the genuine. I remember a couple years ago, and, and as, we're, as we're talking about being real and genuine and relationships and give and take and back and forth, I, I remember there was a moment where I was not very loving to a person. Uh, a couple years ago, uh, we were at home, and all of a sudden, I just, I, I, I just spewed. I, I just said it out loud you know, the hurt, the pain of this person, of what they had done to me. I just said it in my, in my home. And our home is a very safe place. Um, I, we, we have, you know, 
tried to train our kids and like, we're not going to gossip. Like, if that's not your story, then I don't want to hear it. If it's your story, I want to hear it. But if it's somebody else's story, I'll hear it from their lips. Like, we're just very much that those people. I was not abiding by the rules of the house that day. I was hurt. I was angry. And I said it. And I remember Jordan looking at me and said, Mom, you shouldn't say stuff like that. Now listen, she wasn't talking down to me. She was reminding me the rules of the house. And I, in that moment, was so thankful that we have such a real, genuine relationship. Now listen, she said it respectfully. She didn't say it with disrespect. She said it with respect. But I was so glad that we had a real, genuine, healthy relationship that she could remind me of the principles of our home and the foundation of our home that she could say, Mom, we don't do that here. We don't say those words here. Friends, in order for us to have a healthy relationship, it has to be real. It has to be genuine. There has to be love. And it gets us to our third thing, and this is it. Healthy relationships are developing. And I'm going to tell you what I mean by that. They are developing. They aren't stagnant. They are moving and growing. They have the ability to speak into someone else's life. Healthy relationships are developing. And you may think, well, that's not in scripture. It is. Turn to Proverbs 27, 17. I, I told, Dev, I told you how much I love God's word. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. The word, the word of God tells us that healthy relationships, we are developing one another. We are encouraging one another. We are genuine with one another, but we are sharpening one another. There is a development that happens. We don't stay stagnant in our friendship, but instead we sharpen one another. We develop one another. This is huge. And don't miss this because I, I, I want to share with you a lot of things that have happened, what we have had in, that, have, that has broken down relationships is because we have tried to sharpen people that we have no permission to sharpen. I, I'm going to say that again. We have tried to sharpen people that we have not been given permission to sharpen. See, it says a friend sharpens a friend. This is why we need to have friends in our life because we need to surround ourselves with people that will encourage us, yes, that people will really love us, yes, but also that will call us out when we are doing something wrong and we are headed down a road of destruction. But this is the thing. Other people will try to come into our life and try to sharpen us. We have to know, no, you're not my person to sharpen. Doesn't mean that we can't accept advice from the word of God and, and prophecies and words. But let me tell you, I have learned more from the people that I have allowed to sharpen me and I have come into communion with and come into community with than I have of any random person that's trying to tell me what, how I need to change my life. We have to have people in our life that will call us out. We have to. The Bible tells us to. That we surround ourselves with friends that want the very best for us. In Arlington, Ryan and I have some iron. Now, as I was typing this out this week, I started to cry. As I was walking through it last night and this morning, I started to cry. I might just cry. Because there is a couple in Arlington that were first friends and then became like family. And they are our iron. Philip and Shannon Sanchez are just 
incredible people that have just been there for us in, in some really hard times. They've laughed a lot with us. They, we had no family. We had nobody in, in Washington. And they invited us to their home for Thanksgiving. And anytime they had something, we, we, were, we were just there. We were part of the Sanchez family. Shannon is my sports buddy. We text each other all day Saturday during football. She, all of her teams are West Coast. All of my teams are East Coast. She, um, but we just love sports. And so we'll text each other all day long on Sunday as we're watching football. And, and she was really there for me a year ago when the whole um, Tom Brady thing happened and we lost him. She, she reached out to a friend and said, are you okay? How are you doing? It was a well check, right? She did a well check on me. Just a, a wonderful woman of God. And, and Ryan and Philip, they just go out and shoot things. You know, he, he was the one that I'd be like, your friend needs a play date. Y'all need to go shoot something. Um, and so he would have them over. They lived in this incredible, they lived in the, um, in kind of in the woods of Arlington in this huge log cabin. Like I've never actually been in a for real log cabin. It was gorgeous. It was beautiful. And I remember one day, see, this is why you have to have friends in your life. Hear me, church. Don't do this life alone. Because I remember one Sunday afternoon sitting at this beautiful table that they had you know, at times we had sat here and had Thanksgiving. We had had fish tacos with mango salsa. I mean, they can cook, let me tell you. I mean, just, and I was sitting at this table and I couldn't eat. And I was sitting there and I was literally laid across the table, bawling, ready to give up on ministry. And that's saying a lot because I was raised in the church my dad's a pastor. I've heard every, I mean, I've heard people say horrible things about my dad. And, you know, I, and I just love people. I just think maybe they had a bad day. I don't know. I know my dad. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, he is like that. But oh, well, you know, he, we love him because nobody's perfect. And so for me to get to this point where I was done, I was done with ministry. And I was laid across the table and I was just bawling. And I needed friends around me that would encourage me. Not to say, you have every right to be offended. You have every right to be offended. You should be offended. They're horrible people. You don't surround yourself with people that say that. You surround yourself with people who say what Philip said. And he said, Andrea, he said, don't take criticism from those you wouldn't take advice from. It, he didn't say, yes, be offended by them. What they said was, he never said that. Listen, what they did was wrong. It, hurt, it cut, it was a wound that cut deep. And like I said, I've, I've had church hurt. Sometimes when people tell me that they've been hurt in church, I just very politely, I'm like, there's a line that we can all just get into. But there was a wound that was so deep. And instead of them saying, yes, be offended. Mm -mm. Because a real friend will say, you need to get over it. You can't take that criticism. Don't take a criticism from somebody you wouldn't take advice from. Now, what he was saying was, he wasn't saying, don't take advice from anybody. Don't take criticism from anybody. But you got to choose. You got to choose who's in your circle. Who, what voice are you listening to? Have you given them permission to speak into your life? And I realized that I was taking words from everyone instead of standing still and saying, okay, I can be in community with you and a, a relationship with you. And, and man, uh, what, looking at Philip and Shannon and their children, I, I want to take advice on how to, to raise kids from you because I see your kids 
I, I, I want, speak to, how am I doing it wrong? What am I doing wrong? See, that's the correction we need to be looking for. What am I doing wrong? How can I fix it? What can I change? Proverbs 27, six says this, wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Wounds from a sincere friend. Listen, it doesn't feel good when people try to help us along. It doesn't feel good when our friends sit down and say, you're not, you can't be offended by that. I'm sorry that happened to you. But as believers, we're, we can't be offended. I, I'm sorry that that happened, but as believers, if you have a problem with somebody, you, you gotta go to them. I, I, I'm sorry, you know, that, that you're having this situation or you're, you're walking this road, but, but you're not allowed to be angry because we're not supposed to be angry. We're supposed to be angry and sin not. We have to have people in our lives that will develop us, that iron that sharpens iron. Proverbs 27.9, the heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. Who do you have in your circle that can give you wise counsel? I found out in my life that I was just taking words from anybody and, and that's not healthy because there are some relationships that are just surface. It doesn't mean that you don't genuinely love them, but you don't get into the deep with everybody. Who are your friends? Wes, if you wouldn't mind coming up. I think that this subject has been so important to me and so heavy on my heart. It's because I have seen so many marriages in this last year and a half dissolve. I have seen so many families break apart. I have watched churches be divided on things that we were never meant to take sides on. I have watched the enemy have a playground of stirring to the point that we don't trust one another and we don't want to be in relationship with one another because we've been hurt too many times. And can I tell you, church, I would love to say that when you walk through these doors, you will never get hurt. But those are unrealistic expectations. You know, people say hurting people hurt people. No, people hurt people. <laughs> Healthy people hurt people. We people. We're going to hurt each other. But God has called us to be genuine and loving and forgiving and developing and encouraging. And if we can stay on that path, every once in a while when, when we sin, when we step off the path and we sin, we have a group of people that can pull us back onto that path of healthy relationships. There are two things that I want to share with you guys this morning that I believe are essential for us to have healthy relationships. There's more than two. But for sake of time, I just wanted to give these two because I feel like they're so important in this day and age. This time, this season that we are living right now, I feel is very important for us to really pull these two essentials into our relationships. And are you ready for them? The first one is this. We have to be peacemakers. We have to. The enemy is coming for our families and for our relationships and for our churches and for our nation. He is coming. He is not just slyly coming through the back door. He has tried to bust down the front door of our homes and of our families. 
And scripture says that not we're not supposed to be peacekeepers. Ryan tells us, the kids and I, this all the time. We are not called to be peacekeepers. We are called to be peacemakers. Jesus said, my peace I give to you, my peace I leave with you. When Jesus walked into a room, he brought peace. And when he left the room, he left his peace. As believers in this day and age, when we walk into the room, we shouldn't set it afire and gasoline it, but instead we should bring the peace of the Most High God and leave it there in the room. In order for us to have healthy relationships in this day and age, we have to be peacemakers. Romans 12 says this, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Do you know that they were going through 2,000 years ago the same things we're going through now? Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. I underlined that. Don't be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Don't be conceited. Don't repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. And if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Sometimes it's not possible to make peace, but it should be our goal. As much as it depends on me, I'm going to be a peacemaker. I'm not going to try to keep the peace. I'm not going to ignore the problem that's happening. Peace, peacekeepers ignore. Let's just keep the peace. Let's just, let's just everybody be okay. No, no, no. I'm going to make the peace. I'm going to bring the Holy Spirit into the situation that where there's argument, let's talk this out. Let's bring it together. Let's make peace. Let's sit at the table together and let's discuss and share how great our God is. I want to be a peacemaker. The reason why I believe it's essential in these last days is because Revelation tells us there will be wars and rumors of wars. There will be fighting and division. And we as the people of God get to open up our mouths and be different. We get to have healthy relationships where we begin to speak the peace of God over circumstances that look dead, that look devastated. We get to be the peacemakers. My peace I bring to you. My peace I leave with you, says the Lord. And the second thing, to have healthy, godly relationships. This is the big one. You ready? We have to have Jesus. We cannot have healthy relationships without Jesus being the center of it. He has to be. He has to be the center of that relationship. of the truest friend. John 15, 13, have I told you how much I love the word of God. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. Oh, our Savior, our Savior. He is the most essential for us to have healthy marriages, healthy businesses, healthy friends, healthy family, healthy relationships. It's Him. We cannot do it without Him. Anything else isn't real. It's Him. There might be some of you today that Jesus is not the center of the relationship in your life. Maybe he's not at the center of your own heart. 
I encourage you today, as we close this out, begin to say yes to the one that is the greatest friend. And he will truly be your best friend. The one that sticks closer than a brother. The one that laid his life down for you. Maybe you have a relationship today and it's just falling apart. I encourage you, bring Jesus to the center of that relationship. I promise you, he knows how to fix it. He knows. With every head bowed and eye closed, if that's you today, if you are desperately in need of Jesus to be the center of your own life, maybe you knew him once before and you've walked away. Maybe you've never experienced the love of Jesus before. If that's you today, I'm gonna ask you this morning with every head bowed and eye closed, make the greatest decision of your life and accept Jesus Christ to be the center of your life. If that's you today, if you need to come back to the Lord, will you just lift your hand? Oh, amen, amen, amen. anyone else if you have found yourself far away from the Savior that loves you so just lift your hand no one's looking around anyone else anyone else yes amen Church family, can we pray this together today? And those of you that lifted your hands, I want you to pray this out loud as well. Just say, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me for walking away. I invite you into my heart. I invite you into my life. I believe you are the son of God. Be Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church, can we rejoice right now for those that accepted Christ and came back to the Lord this morning? If you lifted your hand today at the end of the service, our prayer team is going to be up front. Don't leave this place without telling somebody that you came back into a relationship with the Lord today. I also want to pray one more prayer for those of you that have broken relationships in your life. If you have a broken relationship with a child, with a spouse, with a parent, maybe you find yourself isolated and alone today. You're not alone. But I want to pray for you because the enemy is coming after our relationships and our friendships. And I want to pray a covering over you that you will find good, godly, healthy relationships in your life. So can we all stand together this morning and can you do me a favor and just lift your hands before the Lord just as an act of surrender and I'm going to do it too. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning and we thank you that you have designed us to do life together, not alone. And so, Lord, we lift up our marriages and we lift up our children. We lift up our parents and we lift up those relationships that the enemy is trying desperately to destroy. We ask today that you would teach us and help us to be peacemakers. Help us to have encouraging relationships full of genuine love that can sharpen each other, developing each other. That you will surround us with friends that love us enough to help and pull us back onto the straight and narrow. And that, Lord, we would see you in our relationships and that we would live this life 
to love you with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our strength and that Lord we would love our neighbor as we love ourselves in Jesus name we pray amen and amen we love you church amen I hope that encouraged you as it did me today. Listen, uh, before you leave, um, I want to let you know our prayer team is up here in the front. If you'd like prayer for anything that's going on, maybe you've got a broken relationship, maybe something that you want this team to uh, agree with you in prayer, they would love the opportunity to be able to do that. I also want to remind you that in the foyer, you can get information about the Prime Timers event coming up, the Ladies Conference that's coming up, but also groups. She talks about the importance of relationship and maybe you don't have that iron. You haven't found that iron yet in your life. And that's where you can find that is within small groups. And so I'd encourage you to stop by, get a list of of what you can get plugged into and um, get going, aligning yourself with other people that are on our same journey that we are just loving God and trying to be the best that we can as we follow him. Amen. Amen. Listen, if today was your first time, don't forget, stop by guest services, get your free gift. We'll make a donation to a local charity for you being here. And uh, we appreciate um, all that you guys are doing and your faithfulness. Let me pray dismissal prayer over us today. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for being able to freely come to a place today and to worship you together. We thank you for the fellowship of believers, Lord, that today we've been encouraged by one another. Lord, I pray that you would be with us this week. Protect us. Keep us safe. Lord, let this be the best week of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have an awesome week. Turn, give a few people a high five, and we'll see you Sunday. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and his church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 1030 and Wednesday evenings at 7. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.